Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World, Hank Waters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all moving higher right now. Stocks rose, treasuries declined as reports showing a gain in consumer sentiment and a rise in manufacturing offset a mediocre August employment report. S&P up six, a gain there of three-tenths of one percent. The Dow up 56, up three-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up seven, up by one-tenth of one percent. The tenure down 12, 30 seconds, the yield 2.16 percent. Gold up 810, the ounce higher by six-tenths of one percent to 1326. Crude oil, West Texas Intermediate up eight cents a barrel, 47.31, up two-tenths of one percent. Gasoline pulling back, it is lower now by 2.1 percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you so much. It is time for the Bloomberg ETF report brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility? Minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, please visit blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here with the Bloomberg ETF report, Bloomberg's Julie Hyman. I'm here with Eric Balchunas of Bloomberg Intelligence. And Eric, one of the seemingly biggest winners from the shift to passive investing may not be such a big winner after all, or at least not anymore. Explain what's going on. Yeah, the companies that make indexes that you all love and know from MSCI to S&P, they've been really benefiting from the move to passive, obviously, because it means more things tracking indexes. However, the fact is that the fees are getting so low now, there's just not going to be that much money to pay anybody. And so there's going to be a lot of renegotiating of licensing fees with them. And you could see a lot of big companies like BlackRock and Vanguard move to create their own indexes. So this is an area where it's on one hand good, but on the other hand, it's going to be tough. Squeezing of the margins, I guess, for these big players. Yeah, I call the whole thing the great cost migration. Right now it's hitting asset managers the hardest, but they're going to pass that on downstream as much as they can. All right. So indexes may no longer be raking in the cash from uh, licensing to the ETF business. Thanks, Eric. I'm Julie Hyman with the Bloomberg ETF Report. All right, Julie, thank you so much. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets. This portion brought to you by Eisner Amper International Tax Professionals. Multinational companies must prepare for tax reform, transfer pricing, new territorial tax system, cash repatriation. EisnerAmper.com slash 2017 tax reform. This is Bloomberg Radio. Yeah, 10 minutes left in today's trading session. Uh, our next guest uh, is here to talk about how to bring some puppy love to your portfolio. David Dietz back with us, founder, president, chief investment strategist at Point View Wealth Management, based in Summit, New Jersey, with us here in Flushing, Queens at the Open. Nice to have you here. It's so good to see you, Carol. It's good to see you. Um, fun event, and we'll maybe we'll talk tennis in a moment, but uh, tell us a little bit about puppy love to your portfolio. What exactly do you need? So, absolutely. So, we're in a very pricey market here, nosebleed valuations, but with the 10 year treasury down around 2.2%, you gotta stay invested. So we've refocused on value strategy. One of the classics is the dog of the Dow, where the, the historic formulation of it is at the start of each year, you invest in the 10 highest yielding Dow stocks. That makes all the sense of the world in this type of market because dividend payers historically have had less risk. Indeed, the strategy since the start of this century has outperformed the S&P 500 by about 2.4% per year. So we see it as a great screen to stay invested but reduce your risk. You say nosebleed valuations, um, but is it 
Do you see that across all sectors of the market, or is it just really a, a, a few names in particular that really stand out? So that's a great point. We see a huge tilt in the market to the FANG stocks, to the growth stocks. Indeed, um, uh, the Russell 1000 growth has outperformed by a factor of three this year Russell 1000 value. So the value stocks have very, have very much lagged. The dogs that down is a type of value strategy. So we think that there is some real value to be had in that area of the market. It's interesting, too. I was looking at numbers um, just earlier and looking at the S&Ps up about 11% this year. The Dow's up about 11.5%. Uh, you got the Nasdaq up about 27, uh, 20% so far in 2017. Things like small caps and transports. I keep um, <laughs> beating this drum. Small caps are up about 4%. Transports are up about 4%. That uh, diversion, if you will, in the market says what to you? Well, certainly... If anything. Well, I think a couple reasons are at play. One is there'd be a lot of hope for the so-called Trump growth strategies. Those at best have been put on hold. Those would have helped the domestic stocks particularly. So I think that's one reason for them lagging. The other thing is the Dow's been much weaker this year than people have projected. That helps dramatically the big multinationals as it's easier for them to sell their products and services overseas. the dollar has been a lot weaker. Exactly. The buck. Uh, when you look at the rest of the year, so you're talking about the dogs of the Dow as, as a potential strategy that's shown historically uh, to make sense. Um, are you anticipating more volatility this year? Well, absolutely. Year? I mean, September here, the first day of it, of course, is the only month of the year which historically has had a negative return. Um, we still have many unsettled issues in Washington. For example, um, increasing the uh, budgetary cap is an important one, trying to get some tax reform. And, of course, there's still that overhang of geopolitical risks. I think investors definitely should keep their seatbelts fastened for the balance of the year. What does this market environment feel like? Because I'm listening to you do this laundry list of things. I'm like, yeah, okay, so what? But we deal with it. We dealt with Brexit. Yep, the market sold off, and then it bounced back. You know, we deal with things. And, um, you know, I don't know, barring another financial crisis, I don't know whether investors to some extent have been like, yeah, okay, we'll deal with this. Well, certainly with competing interest rates on fixed income so low, that certainly incents investors to stay in the game. Those who are saving for retirement to put their kids through school, endowments that want to pay out for their institutions, they can't get there with the very low interest rates. So they have to look at every potential dip, every potential cheap area of the market as a potential opportunity. I think that's what keeps you in the game. And that's what keeps the momentum going. That's what keeps the momentum going. You know, certainly today we had the jobs report. Yeah. And it was almost Goldilocks for investors because obviously there was still solid job growth, not quite as much as people had expected. Unemployment rate stayed low, not quite as good as people hoped. But the flip side is it's probably going to keep the Fed on hold and keep them low for longer, which it continues to incent people to get into the market. What are you hearing from some of your investors? The, um, they are nervous. And again, we get to refocus them over the long over what their time horizon is. If they have a long time time horizon But that but we know that, right? Yeah. Like this is something we always say about. But I'm just curious, is there something different that investors are saying about this environment? Well, certainly there is this tantalization with the so-called fangs. You've seen your Apples and your Amazons, Facebooks and Googles just go up like a rocket ship. That's but they the say, why, is, why aren't I, we, aren't we having, why don't we have more exposure to that? Exactly. <laughs> and then you got to give them that history lesson about 1999 and 2000. Now I get it that they have real businesses, but nevertheless, even an Amazon back then went from 113 to 5. 
yet it was the strongest company in retrospect of all the internets. So unless you can put uh, you put up with that type of volatility, be cautious in that area. What's your What's your advice in terms of the fixed income area right now? Um, well, you know, keep your uh, maturity short. Because if the yeah. interest rates start to shoot up, there's going to be less volatilities there. Stay with quality. We tell our investors, go with the fixed income that people are going to gravitate towards if the market sells off. You know, the high-quality corporate, the high-quality governments, you don't want to, you know, dabble in, for example, the junk, the emerging market, the high yield, because if something happens bad to the economy, people are going to flee from those. U.S. versus international exposure at this point, especially when I've had so many people talking about uh, emerging markets at this point, if you're looking for some yield. Uh, you know, we still think that there's more attractive opportunities overseas. On average, for example, even in Europe, where a lot of the business does multinationals there is not in Europe, it's in the emerging markets, right. but the valuations are lower, the dividends are better, and the competing interest rates, for example, in the German boons, less than 1%. So there's a big valuation gap, so tilt toward international. All right, now I save 20 seconds. Tennis, what are you excited about? I know you brought your daughter. <laughs> yeah, brought my daughter who plays tennis for the some of the high school tennis team. It's a as they gift, you know, uh, we're Federer fans. Um, we just hope his streak continues. Obviously, there's a back issue. Yeah. Sharapova, all eyes are on her. It's a bit controversial. It's going to be fun to watch. It is fun to watch. David Dietz, nice to have you here in person. Such a pleasure, Carol. David Dietz, founder, president, chief investment strategist at Point View Wealth Management, based in Summit, New Jersey, with us here, though, at the U.S. Open. You are listening to Bloomberg Radio.